0: Empire of the Suns. Suns.
1: Empire of the Suns. Wet
0: like I'm booked. Wet like I'm booked. Wet like I'm booked. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast.
1: Empire of the Suns.
0: Hello there and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Nelson. joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman. Hello, Kevin.
1: Hi, I'm staring at three cameras and your face and Jeremy's face in front of two monitors. This is confusing, but how's L.A., man?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I can't really comprehend much right now besides the basketball game. Uh, it's one in the morning. I'm in my hotel room. You're in the studio. Jeremy's in the studio with you recording the video. We're here after a 129-124 Suns win uh, another Devin Booker masterclass, another game that probably shouldn't have been too close. Uh, The big headliner, of course, was that today it was announced that Kawhi Leonard was out for this game. Uh, It was reported, I believe, by ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that Leonard had hurt his knee in game one, went on to play in game two with that bum knee, and it certainly didn't look like it with the way that he played still. Uh, And then Ty Lue told us before the game, that he found out last night that Leonard was hurt, so like the head coach didn't know this guy was playing hurt for game two, I guess, and then he found out from the training staff and all of that uh, this morning that Durant or uh, Leonard was not playing. Obviously, this gets into a weird space where it's like a Devin referred to it as a trick game after it's like a trap game. A lot of people talk about right, but. I don't know. The, the the talent disparity is just so out of this world at this point with their two top players out, and they're a pretty top-heavy team as it is with their top two stars, so you were just um, not expecting a route necessarily, but you were expecting the Suns to kind of click into a gear here like they found in Game 2 and not have this be a game in the fourth quarter. Uh, there were four or five different points here where the Suns could have pulled away and, and should have pulled away, and they just couldn't, Kevin. Um, we can talk about that first, or we can talk about Devin Booker. It's up to you. I talked about Devin Booker in my story, so I can go either way.
1: Let's do Devin Booker because I think after we said all the things we said about game two, um, I thought this one was better, like, f- at least from a shot making perspective. Like, how many shots were like nine out of 10 difficulty levels a lot the uh
0: the three-pointer with the shot clock going down in the corner that was like off an inbound that was in front of us and that was that was crazy like it it felt like he was 15 feet in the
1: air when he jumped and it was nuts on the replay you saw him catch it like he might have been eight ten feet away from the corner spot and you could see his eyes just went to the i'm going to the corner And that's when you just like, okay, I'm going to get there and I'm going full speed. And that I tweeted, like, that's muscle memory where it's like when you're going full speed, your body's contorting, but you still know like, okay, I've shot this from the corner a million times. This is how far the basket away is. I'm barely going to see the basket before I let it go like that. Yeah, that one was the craziest one to me, too.
0: So the way that I wrote it is in these last two games specifically, but I think you can include game one too. Monty referred to him, told him after game one that he is the thermostat of the team and and said he set the temperature uh, for this game and has set the temperature for the whole series. But uh, the way that I wrote it is like I've seen, and you you and I, I should include you in this because you've been along for the journey we've been doing this podcast for seven years now. Uh, We have seen him reach like new ceilings in his game. This is a new one, and it's probably – I don't know if it's the the most sudden. I'm not exactly sure how to put it exactly, but this is – I think people are going to mix themselves up here and say, I don't think this is the best playoff game he's ever played. I still think 40-point triple-double is number one, but I think this is in the conversation after that. But this is the best I've seen him play basketball before right now in in this game because what's happening is – in what will inevitably draw Kobe comparisons. When I say anything like this, it's just how ruthless he is as a competitor and how much he cares and how much it's just like this attitude that he has about competing. He has fused that together with how good he is at basketball. And it's just everything about his manipulation of the game in game two, everything about his shot making today in game three, combined with just how nonstop it feels like he is, I like kind of felt silly asking him Duran about the gas tank because he's played with, with Westbrook, but it's, it's at that level where it's like, I, I can actually treat it. I, I, this version of Booker in the last two games is equal with anyone in the league when it comes to how hard they're playing. Like it's, it's just this next level that he's doing. He guarded Westbrook tonight, Kevin. I didn't even mention that in my recap. And look, he was playing off of him a lot and, a fair bit of, I would be, I'm interested to go back and see how many of Westbrook's buckets were with Booker actually guarding him and how much of it was him being put through motions and stuff. But yeah, the shot making tonight and just how this game, the first quarter, it's really clumsy. It's not good. And then he does the thing he did in the finals where he's like, Oh, I just have to do this all by myself. Okay. I'll do that part. And he did it in a winning fashion in this game in the first quarter, second quarter, and quarter, the third quarter, They wanted to get to the bonus. They got to the bonus. He set the tempo there. For a series that has been defined, in my opinion, thus far by the Clippers setting the tone, deciding what the style of play is going to be, deciding what the pace of play is going to be, he is the one that is ultimately triumphing over that. It's pretty crazy.
1: He's getting downhill a lot, and that's something that we didn't really see until kind of after they complained too much about the officials and they started trying a little more. Um, but they're like Katie talked about on the post um Valley broadcast at least that look they know the Clippers are being physical and they're like reacting to it the right way they're going at him um, but going back to book I think man it was midway through the second quarter when he had already seen okay pretty standard pick and roll coverages against him he gets going pretty quick they start firing at him where that they just send the big at him before he even goes over the screen. So then it's basically a trap and he has to kind of just bounce past it to the center or whoever was setting the screen, just to get it out of there. And you hope you create something out of that with the second pass. And then like within minutes after that, after he kept torching them, they, they just started sending double teams when he was like five feet beyond the three point line, starting to initiate the offense. And he's, the second time they did that he just ran to the left corner or, yeah left sideline and launched a mid-range shot over two guys and hit it and then it's like oh <laughs> uh the clippers riders i saw at least one of them use the phrase kitchen sink that was thrown at booker and they used the kitchen sink before halftime and that's when you know like what what are you supposed to do with that? Um, saying all that, I thought this game was more concerning than game two. And I think we came after game two being like, all right, they've got a little traction, a lot of steps back in this one. Just do you even think, I, I can't even decide whether the offense was worse or the defense was worse, but he, he basically dragged a not very good-looking team out of there because DA had a bad game, Chris Paul had a bad game, we can talk about Kevin Durant in a little bit. I don't think he had a great game.
0: You can say it. Go ahead. That's fine. I don't think he had a great he game. Had a, he had a bad game to his standards. He's Kevin yeah. Durant. He's the top Again. five player in the world. I would argue that he's the best player in the world, and he. Uh,
1: I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Hedge. Like it. I'll hedge on this. That he, the way he talks about it, you can tell me if I'm wrong. It seems like he's feeling it out still, and it seems like he's like cool with. Like, oh, yeah, they're throwing double teams, so I'm not going to, like, push it. But I just don't see any – the things they are doing with him are not getting him in a rhythm to figure things out, right? They're not putting him in position – like, they're running a bunch of, like, high post, throw it to him, bad entry passes with someone fronting you, a smaller player like Westbrook fronting you. Like, that's not going to help him learn the Suns' offense to me. And that's where – Yeah,
0: And that's fine, but just do it a lot more consistently. Like in game two, what I wrote about in my preview was the pin downs, the elbow stuff, it was getting open, and it was like, cool, okay, a consistent part of his touches are are finding these little areas of the floor. Like that's fine and everything. And if it has to be him bringing the ball up more too, that's fine. But
1: game one, they did that, and I, I liked that. Yeah, just give him a little rhythm or something, yeah.
0: I don't know if it feels like his primary role right now is spacer, but it feels like a heavy, it is far too much of his role right now is just as a spacer because I think they're fine with playing four-on-four basketball, and they shouldn't be because it's Kevin Durant and he should be involved in the play. He can still bring value with gravity by being involved in the action, actually, because when he was running short roll stuff with DeAndre, that was getting good results and it helped DeAndre contribute a little bit to the game when he was really struggling and has been in a funk for two and a half games now and I don't really know. Uh, we'll, we'll get to him in a bit. But yeah, I, I just don't think I, I don't want to you asked about what he's talking about. I don't want to read what, into what he's talking about or try and think about what he's thinking about because everyone does that with him all the time and it drives me crazy. Um, I will never entertain that thought uh, unless the situation well, really calls for I'm it. Saying, I don't think it does here.
1: No, I'm saying when he talks, it's about like I'm, I like want to be a smart basketball player. I've grown that to doing that, and like I'm. That's not even reading his mind. He says it. And, yeah, but
0: he's also resi- he's also been resisting the uh, discussion points of eight games, nine games, whatever. It's now eleven yep. games that he's had with them. I asked him again about – I asked him about the possession in the first half that a lot of people were talking about on Twitter where he was in the corner and got the ball like six seconds late, later than he should have, and then he traveled. And I asked him about his rhythm and flow, and he said his rhythm and flow. He feels like it's great right now. So that's what he said. Um, But what I'm watching is just he – he should be such a seamless fit in everything that they do, but it feels like the Suns aren't able to put him in the positions that they should be putting him in. And I don't know why – What is the balancing act there? Who is it going to be a detriment to when he is doing that? Is it Chris? Is it DeAndre? Is it book? I'm not exactly sure where in the pie chart they are too afraid of taking slivers from, but they definitely are right now um, for whatever reason with his involvement.
1: Do you think, do you think it's players executing? Is it book? Just like, I'm going to take over Chris doing a lot, them not calling plays Mont Like I, I guess we don't need to go into that, but it's a complicated mix of why it's happening. That is probably not even his doing right.
0: I don't know, but we should redirect the conversation back to what you originally were talking about, which was that this game was just concerning again, because I wrote it in the recap. This is just we're three games in, and this is nowhere close to the ceiling of this team offensively, Um, defensively you would have a better view than I did. We're, we're, sitting on the floor. So it's, it's hard to, we're not sitting courtside on the floor. We're in the corner of the floor. So like when Zubac is in a drop, I can't tell if he's five feet away or he's 15 feet away. It's just, it's just hard. Um, so you would have to say better than me in terms of how their defensive performance was tonight, but offensively, it's just, it's nowhere close to what it should be. Even, even 11 games in, even, those 11 games, like those eight games again, I, David made a good point on Twitter and I, I wrote about this like, yeah, eight, no, but they, they didn't really beat anyone and they didn't really get to be tested in any of those games except the Dallas game. And we saw the tire fire that Dallas wound up being. So I just don't think they got enough useful reps and they're, it doesn't feel like they're getting enough out of these useful reps now that these are the useful reps. So I, uh, All of this is to say, I just don't think that they're, I expected them to be improving through this. And, and like, and I'm just not seeing, I thought I was seeing improvements in game two, but now it comes back to this game. And again, we're talking about three games. It's very small sample size. We're not overreacting. That's not what we're doing here. To be clear. We're just saying, there are reasons to be concerned about their level of play. When you look at them for what they are, which is the team that I picked to win the NBA championship and the team that is the favorite to come out of the West. I still think that they're in a position to, I don't want to phrase it like that. I still think they're going to do it. And I think they're still in a really good position to do it. But I think that there are many more outcomes where we would have been much more optimistic about it through three games. And we're not there because I I wrote it, Kevin, This could be 3-0 Clippers. Like, it could could be. If it wasn't for Devin Booker, I think it could have been 3-0 Clippers.
1: Yeah. A couple issues. One, I think relative to expectations, the defense actually is, like, better off, right? Like, I'm not expecting them to be great on on-ball defense. If Russell Westbrook and Norman Power blowing by you, blowing by Chris Paul, like, yeah, that's going to happen. But to your point about the offense, yeah, it's just you want a lot more out of it book dragging them like I already said but also like a lot of KD's offense feels like it's just like um emergency valve like oh crap we're not running anything here you you take it you got open or scrambles and he's gonna do really well and it just doesn't have a lot of substance to it like I know he's a good player but it just doesn't have substance to go with the offense and what it should look like um relatedly I I'm still worried about the minutes like Devin Booker's playing really hard on defense Devin Booker's carrying a lot on offense he's playing a lot of minutes they're not learning about their bench um I don't think it's sustainable and I don't want to go too long on that because I think we're going to hit on it again and again and again and at some point Monty's going to be asked here soon like how do you get down those minutes for the stars that you have but just a lot of issues to kind of iron out and again like you can't apologize for this win 2-1 kind of where I expected honestly like it's been a grind but again give credit to the Clippers um they could have won by 20 and I would have still felt that way if the Clippers are playing that way um if Norman Powell was not scoring 42 so
0: Devin Booker typically plays 36 minutes a night. Is that what he wound up at in the regular season? I'm going to take a look right now because Kevin, yeah. what is uh 48 minus 36? What's that?
1: 12.
0: Okay. He was at 35 minutes a game this year, by the way. So that's 13 minutes. He was resting. Uh, he's rested for a total of 11 and a half minutes through three games. Total,
1: <laughs> not a so quarter.
0: He played all of the second half in this game he was going to play all of the second half in game two until they took out the starters with 43 seconds left. So that helped him get 43 seconds of rest there (laughs) because the game was over. Um, I don't, again, like with what he's doing and what he's showing, he's capable of with his body right now. I don't want to doubt him specifically, but I will say 41 for Chris tonight. And yeah. then forty two for Durant. Like those two, specifically those two guys, like that that just feels too high. It just does not feel sustainable at all. And there's a reason why this is happening because they need it. Because the Clippers are such a pain in their butt right now that they just cannot for the life of it they cannot play really good basketball for more than four minutes in a row. They're yeah. just not capable of doing it right now. So whenever that little bit of slippage happens where it's like, nope, we're not playing good anymore, that's when someone comes back in. And it, and it again, Booker was kind of at that stage where I looked and I was like, oh, we got like really good rest there. That felt really great. And it was like three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, it felt like seven, but it was only three. Like, he, he barely got the time out there. Um, it, it's just, it's not, it's not a good sign either for everything that we're talking about, right, in terms of, what's going wrong offensively and, and what they need to improve on when those three guys are playing that many minutes that speaks to how because this is not how the rotation worked in the last two postseasons. I'm going to go look the next time you talk right now and confirm that but I this is pretty uncharted waters for how their sort of rotations have gone in the past I mean for reference right now Booker at three different points got to 44 minutes or higher or, or sorry at four different points in the 2020 run one run got to 44 minutes or higher so he's already done it three times uh in these games three uh like three games three for three so it's i, I i'd have to look at chris but it just it's i i don't want to treat it like it's a negative or just say like this is a, extremely concerning but it's just a thing that is going to have to change but at the same time we're not criticizing anyone about this right because money has to play these guys these minutes right now
1: yeah i think so um I think maybe you could argue there's minutes to steal here or there if you literally throw someone in for two minutes, but that doesn't really help you, and that doesn't really teach you anything. Um, I'll go to the bench, though. I, I guess I said, what, we didn't learn anything about the bench, but Monty is f- he's searching, right? Damian Lee, 11 minutes. He basically replaced Shamit um, after Shamit got four minutes early on. I don't really remember if Shamit did anything extraordinarily bad, but he missed an open three. He drove and tried to kind of dunk on someone and just didn't draw a foul either, and it was not good looking. Never came back in. Damian Lee, eight points in 11 minutes. A couple threes, a couple free throws. Um, It it looks like it's already that time to just like, okay, like you're going to be left wide open and you will hit the shot. Great, thanks. We need someone who does that. Um, You're going to give a little effort on defense even though you're not the best defender? Yes, we'll take that. Um, So I think that's good that he's... Monty is searching for those things. Uh, Bismack, 11 minutes also, plus 18. Wow. Um, Had a couple nice passes, actually, out of the traps. I believe one at least was on Booker, probably another one on Duran or something like that, but a couple good decisions after, you know not the best game the other night. Two assists, four rebounds, four points. That's fine. 11 minutes. Akogi got 21 minutes. Wow. One for five. Seven rebounds, six points, two steals. So they're kind of finding something maybe and I I think those guys, those three especially, deserve more minutes um, just because they each bring something that's obvious, right? Like, Shamit, like, you're good on defense, but if you're not going to hit shots, that that hurts the spacing. Um,
0: he missed. He missed one. I think was he over one in this game, or was he over two?
1: He, he was over, over two, two,
0: but he missed. when he missed one, three, and yeah. then Damian Lee came in, and that was it. Yeah, and that might be it. Like that. That might be it. Uh, really smart move by Monty to use Damian as the first sub in the third quarter for Chris when the traps were there for Booker and uh, Durant. I really like yeah. that move yeah. a lot. This group needs campaign. He did not play in this game again. Uh, He'll be back. To go to Chris's point, the point on Chris, uh, Paul, his minute totals in three games. Again, we're talking about the first three games of the playoffs in a first-round series. He is at 39, 38, and 41 minutes. In the first round during the finals run, the highest his minute total got was 32. In the second round, he hit 37 once, and then he hit 40. Uh, That was in the closeout game, game four. uh, Clippers series, a little bit different because he had the COVID thing, but he had 39, 38, 36, and then 35. And then in the finals, the NBA finals, he played 37, 41, 34, 37, 36, and 39. So he is playing more. He's averaging more minutes per game right now than he did in the finals, essentially. And even if you look at last year, so we're going a year later uh, when he's a year older, against New Orleans, 35, 36, 40, 35, 39, and 36. And then in the loss to Dallas, 29, 36, 37, 23, 35, 36, and 31. It, it, It does not seem good it does not seem good maybe, maybe there's some really positive feedback that they're getting with the minute totals or maybe Monty is just playing him way more than he should be I, I don't know exactly what it is but i wanted to bring him up to your point because of what's happening with the minutes and the bench i agree kevin uh, this was the best run from the bench and it seems like they're pretty set on eight guys right now with biombo with akogi and then with either Shamit or Lee, depending on who it is, whoever the spacer is, uh, the T.J. Warren four minutes did not go well. It would really help them if the ninth guy had had a little bit of something, but it, it has yet to go. But they're up to eight. They're up to eight guys. They're getting there. Um, but the issue here is when these guys are in the game, they're coming in and they're playing well. But then it's the Chris and DeAndre minutes at the start of the second and the start of the fourth. Guess why Devin Booker is starting the second and the fourth quarters now? Because those two guys are not playing that well. And so they cannot sustain what they need on both ends of the floor right now. I think particularly defensively, it it has been... I saw some people comparing it to rookie year DeAndre. I think that's exaggerating a bit too much, but he is nowhere close to the defensive form he was even in at the start of the season. And at the start of the season, he was in a rough spot. He was not playing well defensively, but that guy would be better than the one that we're seeing right now. I don't know what's going on. Like Dwayne said it to me, it was like mid first quarter, six minutes of the game. And he's like, DeAndre is somewhere else right now. I don't know where he is, but he's, he's, he's somewhere else in his head right now. And it's just been, it's obviously been a problem with him specifically, but I mean, we can talk about Paul too. Just not to, quickly go away from him he was five of 18 he was one of eight from three his three of his four two-pointers Kevin were at the rim, and those were the offensive rebound put back and then two layups he got I believe late when they were in those super small ball lineups there was no rim protector so Chris Paul was like oh <laughs> I'll just do layups because that one's at the rim. that's great um but he, the jumper wasn't falling on threes and it wasn't falling in the mid-range either and I don't know why. It's just, it's got to be better. And particularly with DeAndre, I think, Kevin, that they can win this series if Chris isn't, if Chris is at this level, I think they can win the series. If DeAndre is at this level, I don't think they can win the series. I'm, Kawhi could miss the next two games and I would still proclaim that. Like they need DeAndre to get it into gear because of the, because of the positives that he presents them. I guess the outlier here and the, other scenarios that KD gets into KD form and then it's just KD and Booker just carry them. I think I shouldn't write that out because that's just the inherent advantage they have over all of the teams right now with those two guys. But man, they're just in this spot where things are starting to click together like the bench, for example, but the bench can only do so much when Chris and DeAndre are playing at this level right now.
1: Uh, at home tonight, I started writing this thing that was ranking the top five players from each game this series, and that's from both teams. So basically, KD and Book are in there, Kawhi, are in. Kawhi is obviously in games one and two and not in game three. I can fight for arguing Chris in game two but and maybe DA, but other than that, and they're kind of tied... But the other two games, no, they're not even. Neither is the fifth best player, and that's what we keep talking about, right? Like it's if you have a top-heavy team that's four guys, that the third and fourth guy can't be the eighth, seventh, ninth best player in the game. That can't happen. It doesn't, especially when you have to cancel out a Kawhi. Um, yeah, they'll get away with it now if he's out which by the way, it does not sound good. Like, I don't know if you saw the Russell Westbrook, uh, quote, let me pull it up. Did not. He said, I just feel sorry, no. sorry for him. He probably was playing his best basketball in a while. Probably the best in the world. Honestly, it just sucks for him mentally. That's the first thing I go to. So like, that's, we're reading Intel things, but that's not a positive thing that like, Oh, he just will miss one game.
0: Well, yeah, we should hit on that the timing here makes it so much weirder because they play Saturday afternoon at 1230. So it's a, it's a day and a half until the next game. So there's two ways to speculate. There's one, which is he can't play both of these games. It's like a back to back for them almost where physically they feel like he can only play one with their numbers or science, whatever it is telling them these things or two. He's in a day-to-day kind of situation right now, and they're going to get screwed by this because he's going to miss both games when he could have very well missed one, and then there's going to be the two-day break heading into game five. Maybe he's back for game five. I don't know really what to think about it, but it seems uh, Gerald Bourguet said this to us. uh, Me and Dwayne and I agreed. Like, Lawrence Frank talking pregame, like, that was not a good sign. (laughs) The GM having to talk before before a playoff game, like, not a good sign.
1: Uh, I'll take you one further this guy the Spurs got rid of him, the Raptors let him go away. He has an injury history and a history, whether it's because of injury or otherwise of just like like well, like you said earlier, Tyloo did not know he had hurt himself in game one. And however this is being handled, it's super complicated, things we can guess and don't know. But, like, I don't, I don't know if to whether he's, like, just has been on ice all this time because his knees are terrible or whatever, you know? So I, I just hope that it's, I mean, I worry and I think that it, this might be like, oh, this is the signal of his career coming to an end. Like, that's where my mind goes because I'm negative. But, like, I don't know. So it's not good news oh. is what I'm saying for the immediate future right now for them.
0: A couple of box score things, then we're going to hit on the Clippers, then we're going to bounce uh, 35 of 46 from the foul line. They really they got a, a generous good, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they were trying to get contact with the ball to draw fouls, and the refs were granting it. They recognized it. They took advantage of it, whatever they did. Like they came out at the start of the second half, got to the bonus within five minutes and they just kept going to the line over and over again. It was a fantastic job by them in that regard. Yeah, uh, 10 of 27 from three, 27, a new series high for them on threes, but that's not great. But what was huge is that the 35 of 46 at the line compared to the 19 of 25 at the line for the Clippers. And then offensive rebounds were 15 to six. Josh Akogi had five on his own. DeAndre Aiden had another five for himself. 20 assists, not great. Uh, it's a very low total. I haven't looked yet exactly to see where that ranks, but that speaks to the offensive process right there and just how much of a – it was free throws, offensive rebounds, and Booker. Yes. <laughs> that, was, that was basically the three elements uh, of their offense. This is not a – trying not to make this a Kevin Durant thing, it's more about how good he's been. Do you think after Kawhi and Booker that Russ has been the third best player in the series now after the way he played tonight too, Even it, even with how erratic he was?
1: uh yeah i mean especially tonight um katie had six turnovers by the way to speak to that um a lot of it was just throwing it away when he's pressured but yeah i mean that's
0: that's part of sorry to cut you off but that's yeah. part of like the loose handle stuff, it's like I've never seen his handle and thought it would look loose before but it looks loose right now or it's just like guards are really able to get under him right now for whatever reason and then like the shots off the side of the backboard, like he's just yeah, he just feels off, go ahead
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Russ has random plays but they're so bad, it's just like a dead ball turnover, the, the three point shot that was like five feet to the left throwaways, like eh, they're not awful a lot of time because they're so awful um but yeah he's been awesome the last two games especially like even the first game i the clippers writers were asking like did you think about pulling him because of how bad he was shooting and i was like i man i didn't even realize he was shooting that badly until we got into that press conference room because he was just so awesome in all the other facets and yeah i i think he has rehabilitated his image pretty quick here like he's still russell westbrook so that's that's an argument i i don't have a good answer for you but he's been playing awesome
0: my point is that i'm trying to enforce that like should the clippers be viewed as someone who still has a chance in this series of kawaius and play no but russ has been really really good and yeah. if they get Meaningful cont- uh, This was another game where Bones Highland getting 20 was gigantic off the bench and Norm getting to 42 was enormous because they didn't really have any other contributions. Terrence Mann had 10. Eric Gordon had 7. Nick Batum I don't think has made a field goal in this series. He hasn't hit a 3. I know that. Um, Marcus Morris was out there. Got a technical. Was drawn with Devin Booker. What else <laughs> is new? The water is wet. The grass is green. Mason Plumley keeps doing weird stuff. Robert Covington was out there for four minutes and it seemed like the five guard look at the end. But um, that, that's another thing we could spend another 10 minutes here talking about the whole DeAndre thing and just them playing five guards and DeAndre having to just basically be a rebounding force because they're not going to run offense through them. So
1: can I, uh, yeah. Can I ask you a real, uh, to go back on your question to me because I, in my exercise of thing I wrote, of ranking them i do have westbrook ahead of durant in games two and three is that correct would you say that is correct am i correct
0: yes because durant was better in game one because he had the 17 in the second right is that what we're doing
1: yeah and westbrook shooting is just bad enough where it's
0: three of 19 but russ was still pretty darn good in game Katie has been consistently really good. That's the thing. I'm just like yeah. we're talking about him like he's not playing well. It's just he's playing really good basketball, but it's he's he's not doing the Kevin Durant stuff yet. It's not even close. Again, I, I looked this up. He has he had six games coming in uh, playing the Clippers in Staples Center, Crypto Arena, whatever you want to call it, um, and his point total is like the lowest one was like 33. It was like 38, 39, 50, 36, 34, and 33. Like it was just like, that's, that's the level he's at. And he's been at that level this season. So it's, it's not this thing where he's been, that that was one of the biggest points about the trade in general is that like, he's still in his prime right now. And he just doesn't look like a guy who's still in his prime right now, which has been the unfortunate part of it. But I'm, I'm pretty close to certain that that is going to change soon. It's just a matter of when it finally clicks and everything gets together. But the, Clippers, sure, are not going to let it click, at least. Um, what I do feel confident in, Kevin, is that if they get to the Nuggets, they're going to be fine because playing that defense compared to this defense, they're going to be like, that's going to be the, the donuts with the bat, you know? <laughs> All right, which Cardinals jersey is the worst and the best, go?
1: The black is the worst. The best is the white.
0: I really like the whites. Yeah. It's just too... I think I really would have loved some uh, presence of mind on Ohio State existing and being a bigger brand with this color scheme. But.
1: Someone someone posted the Utah Utes three jerseys. They look exactly the same. Um, and then
0: I want I wanted to say Cardinals or something. Is yeah, that okay? Yeah. Can they have a cart like a
1: or a bird somewhere? They just don't want to be a Cardinal anymore. Uh, I saw someone like I think a lot of people are reacting because the Cardinals have screwed up everything this offseason and they kind of botched this one but someone just said and this is the best review I think most fair that's it did you guys want there to be the flag on it like was that something that you guys really wanted it's just because we've had fans have had 10 years of making these cool mock-ups so when you have all these cool mock-ups that you see and then that happens it's just you're setting yourself up for failure but yeah, I would have. I would have liked the flag. I like the flag. I'm doing a little Tony Rivelli here from PTI. Uh, Nick Patoon has made one shot in this series. Thank you, wow. Stab Boy. Thanks. Um, yeah. Gotcha.
0: I be careful what you wish for is the saying. Be careful what you hype. They hyped yeah. this pretty big, and then it was just. Um, I like the jerseys overall. But anytime I look at them and think about East Bay for one second, that's a <laughs> bad look. And that's what happened.
1: <laughs> Rip uh, all East right. Bay. We're,
0: we're going to sign off from there. Um, for those of you still listening at this point, you're the type of people who will be eagerly awaiting, I'm sure, the podcast on Saturday. That is more of a TBD situation when it is going to happen Saturday because I've got a flight after the game. It's pretty like far after the game. So we should be able to squeeze in a podcast if I can find somewhere in the arena to do it. If not, we can do it that night, probably. We'll be all good. We'll figure it out. All right, buddy, you ready to go to bed?
1: Let's do it. Break.
0: Okay, bye, everyone.